Bar Podcast. Enjoy the show. You're so ugly you could be a modern art masterpiece. Hello and welcome back to the Movie Bar Podcast, the average movie podcast for average movie fans by average movie fans. I am your host, John, and I am here with my co-host, Justin. Hello. And Kyle. Hello. Kyle's going all Batman on us this week. Is that why you're wearing the Batman mask, Kyle? Yeah. Anyways, the bar the is... Yeah, you're the dark something. The bar is now open. Welcome to episode 31. Today is November 13th, 2022. So we're going to start it right off with our new favorite game. Has Kyle seen it? <laughs> Gerald, spoiler alert, no. <laughs> what right, do I Justin. get when I've seen one? What's my prize when I've actually seen one? You get a fucking round of applause. That's about it. Yeah. And John feels a little bit better about himself, too. Exactly. <laughs> Every time you say no, I feel that's a letdown on me as an older brother. But, Justin, go first. What do you got? Yeah, it's not really relevant to anything, but it, it's a classic comedy movie. It's not huge, but I think you should have seen it. Basketball. Am I saying or is John guessing? John? I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. I think he's seen this. Yeah, no, I've seen that a bunch of times. Great movie. Oh wow! Yeah. That was that was one like when I was actually little. I remember that movie it was like always on. And I love South Park. So what the fuck were you watching? What channel were you watching that it was always on? Probably like Comedy Central. It's or something. always on. Yeah, yeah that that was like uh, every day. I feel like it was on. Okay. Classic John Candy movie, Uncle Buck. Justin, has Kyle seen it? Nah, probably not. Um, I feel like I have, but it would have been when I was really little, so I don't really remember. <clears throat> I mean, we even have a, a guy we call Uncle Buck. Yeah, exactly. So I would lean towards yes, but, like, I can't confidently say yes. Wow. So I guess it's a maybe. Yeah, we can yeah, add a maybe okay. category. But, uh, yeah. My other option was going to be uh, Happy Gilmore. Oh, that's a yes. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Okay. I'm not that have, bad. If he uh, hasn't seen Happy Gilmore. You haven't seen the Blues Brothers. That's true. That's true. I'm actually watching Uncle Buck right now. I have it on in the background. But anyways, let's jump into upcoming movies coming out on November 18th, 2022. Kyle, take it away. All right. So one movie which I'm very excited about is The Menu. Um, it focuses on a young couple who visits an exclusive destination restaurant on a remote island where the acclaimed chef has prepared a lavish tasting menu along with some shocking surprises. Um, it stars Ralph Fiennes, Anna Taylor-Joy, and Nicholas Holt. Um, it seems there's some horror in it, some comedy, some drama, so it looks 
Looks like it could be all over the place, but I'm excited for it. I know there's one shot where it's all the chefs, like, sprinting through the woods in their chef gear, which I thought was really funny. But um, I'm hoping to see that this week, maybe. Um, and then we also have the Comeback Trail, which is about um, somebody that's indebted to the mob. Two movie producers try to save themselves by setting up an aging actor for an insurance scam. Um, Sorry, Bruce Willis. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I know Robert De Niro's in that one. That makes sense. Um, Tommy Lee Jones, Morgan Freeman, Zach Braff, Emil Hirsch. Who, you know, it has a bunch of people. That sounds like a good, yeah, good cast. So probably a good movie. Yeah, the guy who's directing it and wrote it, he did. Um, he wrote Bad Boys and Midnight Run. So he's not, you know, he's done some good Midnight stuff. Midnight Run's a great movie. Yeah, there's a classic. Have you seen that? No. Damn. What, what was that? I've heard of it, though. Midnight Run. Oh, yeah. Robert De Niro, Charles Grodin. Of course he hasn't seen it. Yeah. I've but, seen uh, it, like, three times in the last six months. Oh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> I feel like that could be a good... That sounds like an interesting premise. And it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are the only two upcoming movies for this week, um, because Black Panther came out, so that's kind of dominating the box office for the next couple of weeks, so. Yeah. Plus, we got Thanksgiving coming up in two weeks. That's usually a big movie weekend, so. Yeah. Go, 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 go. Black Panther will be coming out soon. Is it it's out already, now? It's yeah, already it came out on now. Friday. That's right. Get with the times, Justin. But for upcoming movie releases to be released on Tuesday, November 15th, we have Reservoir Dogs 4K, Wayne's World 4K, Used Cars 4K, Pearl is coming to Blu-ray, Jeepers Creepers Reborn is coming to Blu-ray, R.I.P.D. Rise of the Dated is coming to Blu-ray, Jerry and Marge Go Large is coming to Blu-ray, the Spider-Man 8 film collection. How do they do that if if different studios own these movies? No, it's all Sony. Oh, it's, it's all Sony. Sony and Marvel now, yeah. Okay. Uh, Section 8 is coming to Blu-ray. Black Snake Moan is coming to Blu-ray again. And the Born Complete 4K collection. So, yeah, that's our Blu-ray releases. Justin, what's coming to streaming this week? Uh, Streaming. We have A Christmas Story Christmas releasing on the 17th on HBO Max. It's going to follow the now adult Ralphie as he returns to the house on Cleveland Street to give his kids a magical Christmas like the one he had as a child, reconnecting with childhood friends and reconciling the passing of his old man. I'm excited for this one. <clears throat> I haven't really seen the full trailer for it. it it's all the all the original characters are back, so. Yeah, I've seen snippets, but I haven't seen all of it. I'm sure I'll wind up watching it. Yeah. All right, 11.23, we have The Nanny on Amazon Prime. An African woman hopes her new job as a nanny will help bring her young son to the United States. However, when a violent presence begins to invade both her dream and reality, it threatens to destroy everything she's fought for. I don't know, the first thing I thought was Fran Drescher. 
but clearly not that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Ooh, ew. The Hip Hop Nutcracker coming to Disney Plus. <clears throat> 25th, sorry. Maria Clara embarks on a holiday adventure to bring her parents back together. She finds help along the way from the magical toy maker, Drosselmeyer, and the Nutcracker who brings who she brings to life. Mm, I'm not a big fan of Nutcracker movies, so no thanks. <laughs> I would have thought it. I thought it was going to be the hip hop pot that took you out of that. Oh, I was starting gentle. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we get the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special coming to Disney Plus on the 25th. Star Lord, Drax, Rocket, Mantis, and Groot engage in some spirited shenanigans. I'm sure I'll be wind up watching that because you know Marvel. We got Don't Worry Darling now streaming on HBO Max. In the 1950s, Alice and Jack live in the idolized community of Victory, an experimental company town that houses the men who work on a top secret project. While the husbands toil away, the wives get to enjoy the beauty, luxury, and debauchery of their seemingly perfect paradise. However, when cracks in her idyllic life begin to appear, exposing flashes of something sinister lurking below the surface, Alice can't help but question exactly what she's doing in Victory. Victory! Yeah, I was surprised when I saw that that was already on HBO Max. Uh, I don't know what that is, so... That, sure. It came out right after Barbarian came out. Hmm. but And also Spirit is on Apple TV uh, as of Friday. I forgot to add that one. Apple? Yeah. I get it free because it's T-Mobile, so. All right. What have we watched? Justin, why don't you start us off? Uh, let's see. I watched uh, Taking Chance, and, yeah, that was about it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I had a lot going on this week, so. All right, Kyle, what about you? What have you watched this week? Um. <clears throat> I watched a new indie movie called After Sun, which is really good. I watched Twilight, and then... I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I watched... That's um, the worst. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's like... There's some crazy shit in that movie that I can't believe... I can't believe it's a real movie, honestly. So it was kind of entertaining. I won't lie. Um, and then also Taking Chance in Full Metal Jacket, but that's it. You gotta wait till you get to the end, and they have that that baby that's supposed to be the beautiful baby ever created, and that CGI monstrosity shows up. <laughs> I was on TikTok, and that came up, and I was so confused. I just searched it up, and I saw it. I was like, "Oh my god!" Wait a minute. Justin has watched Twilight movies. No, no, I have not. It just so happens to be like a thumbnail for so many Facebook clickbait things. That I've seen that 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 nasty baby so many times. Yeah, you should have I, to search it up. It's hilarious. I think Justin's watching. He's just trying to save face. I right have now. not watched those movies. Nope. Nope. Well, well, I've had a busy week. I watched. I finished watching. Shut well, up. It depends on how you look at that. <laughs> if you judge by this list, it was not a busy week. Well, I, it was. I was busy watching <laughs> movies. And I also worked overtime this week, too. 
which is when I watched two of majority of these movies was at work. I hope none of your bosses listen to this. Dennis, if you listen to this, I do work hard. You know this. This is before, before the mail gets delivered. But um, I watched Caddyshack 2, which then led me to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which led me to Christmas Vacation 2. I also watched uh, Taking Chance, which I watch every Veterans Day because I just love that movie and it's a tearjerker. Um, Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood, another classic military movie. Uh, Full Metal Jacket, the epitome of military movies. I watched uh, Last Flag Flying, which was um, Steve Carell and um, Lawrence Fishburne and Brian Cranston, which is, it's sad, but it's also funny at times. And then I watched uh, three comedy specials, uh, Brad Williams' Fun Size, Brad Williams' Daddy Issues, because, come on, a midget. Little person. Little, per- I'm sorry, little person. I stand corrected. I watched Dennis Larry and Friends' Douchebag and Donuts. And tonight I've watched Deck the Halls and Showtime starring Eddie Murphy and Robert De Niro. I watch hockey today. Uh, yeah, I know. I got the threat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't mess with my bruins. <clears throat> All right. So that's our list for the week. And I'm currently watching Uncle Buck. And I have it on the background. But uh, let's uh, jump into the news. Uh, Deadline reported that Dwayne Johnson will reteam with Jumanji franchise filmmaker Jack Kasdan. Previously titled Red One at Pro- will retain with Jumanji franchise filmmaker Jack Kazan for the previously retitled, previously titled Red One at Prime Video has started production and Oscar winning J.K. Simmons and Emmy nominee Bonnie Hunt have boarded respectively as Santa and Mrs. Claus. Come on, J.K. Simmons as Santa Claus. That's going to be awesome. The funny plays that a lot. Yeah. The four-quadrant holiday film, which has been in plans to to be an extensive franchise with merchandising throughout the Amazon universe, boosts a cast that includes Chris <laughs> boasts a cast that includes Chris Evans, Lucy Liu, Kiernan Shipka, Christopher Hyju, Nick Kroll, Mary Elizabeth Ellis, and Wesley Kimmel. The screenplay is by Fast and Furious scribe. And producer Chris Morgan is based off the original story by Seven Bucks president of production, Harem Garcia. Amazon Amazon Studios snapped up the project in a competitive bidding war. The project will stream in more than 240 countries and territories. Um, I guess Regal Cinemas had another secret showing on November 7th, and that was spirited. So it seems like a lot of the secret showings end up being Apple TV Plus originals, like uh, before it was greatest beer run ever. And um, another piece of news you neglected to put on here, even though you brought up Batman, was that Kevin Conroy, who is, you know, yes. probably the voice yes. of Batman. He is Batman. Yes. Uh, he passed Batman away. passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I did sad. see that. I meant to put it on. I forgot. Sorry. Mm, better be. 
Warner Brothers Discovery has been on a mission to cut costs and find tax breaks ever since the merger between Warner Media and Discovery was completed. New CEO David Zaslav has made savings the number one priority, resulting in nearly completed projects being axed entirely and HBO Max original titles being stripped from the streaming service. Amidst this unprecedented set of circumstances, one of the canceled films opted to complete production anyway, in the hopes that it might eventually see the light of day. Scoob Holiday Haunt was in the final stages of production when the team found it was being completely canceled. Filmmakers decided, however, to finish the film, so the holiday-themed prequel to 2020's Scoob is completely done, according to producer and writer Tony Cervone. You know that you know these movies are all going to come out next year at some point. No, they can't. Like legally, they can't because they can't. No, it's it's like tax break stuff. So if they released them, they would get like sued to hell for like like from the government. How fucking stupid is that? You paid all this money, and this movie is almost done, and you just fucking ah, you know what? Fuck it. Well, they're getting some money back, but yeah. Because God forbid, you know, you get injured and you're on, you know, government benefits. That's bad. But movie theater, okay for government benefits. A okay. Yeah. Yeah. They should have them. Exactly. All right. All right. Picks of the week. Kyle, why don't you start us off? Um, I was kind of thinking about Barbarian again, and, uh, you know, Justin Long's in that, so it made me think of Drag Me to Hell, which is, um, directed by Sam Raimi, came out in 2009. It's about Christine Brown, who has a loving boyfriend and a great job at a Los Angeles bank, but her heavenly life becomes hellish when, in an effort to impress her boss, she denies an old woman's request for an extension on her home loan. In retaliation, the crone places a curse on Christine, threatening her soul with eternal damnation. Christine seeks a psychic's, or the psychic's help to break the curse, but the price to save her soul may be more than she can pay. Um, so yeah, it stars Allison Lohman as Christine, and then Justin Long as her boyfriend, but uh, just a fun, crazy, comedy horror movie. Is that the one when the old lady spits the bees in her mouth? Yes, that is yeah. a great okay, movie. Yeah, yeah. I like that movie. movie. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy shit in this one, too, but it's fun. And Justin Long, when you think about it, Justin Long's been in a ton of horror movies, which is kind of funny. Um, I saw, I think I saw an article saying he's like a scream king because he's, you know, Jeepers Creepers, this, Barbarian, Tusk. Um, I feel like there's one I'm forgetting, but. Yeah. Sure. He just sure. doesn't seem like this, you know, the, the horror type, but whatever. All right, Justin, what's your pick of the week? Oh, we're going, we're going great right here. We're going with the running man. In the year 2019, <laughs> America is a totalitarian state where the favorite television program is the running man, a game show in which prisoners must run to freedom to avoid a brutal death. Having been made a scapegoat by the government and imprisoned Ben Richards, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, has the opportunity to make it back to the outside again by being a contestant on The Deadly Show. Although the twisted host, Damon Killian, played by Richard Dawson, has no intention of letting him escape. The release date was originally 19, November 13th, 1987, directed by Paul Michael Glazer, 
starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Maria Conchita Alonso, Richard Dawson, Jesse Ventura, and based on the Stephen King story. And he was in it, too. I saw that. I meant to put his name down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was November 13th, 1987. How many years ago was that, Justin? Because we are recording this on the 13th, so. Yeah, good job. Oh, oh, I hot damn, seen. I didn't know that. How about that? <laughs> yeah. I, I noticed that. that as you were saying. What? That was just a random guess. It was just random pick. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm yeah, talking I about what Kyle just I heard said. him. Oh, I heard him. I heard him. I heard him. <laughs> what a fool. This, that, 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 you, you have to, yes, yes. See that yes. movie this yes. week. Okay. That yes. is a great performance by Arnold, Richard Dawson, one of America's favorite game show hosts. Played. Oh, yeah, it's, it sounds awesome. Tremendous. Evil game show host. So before you go watching Twilight Donna Saga or whatever the hell it's called, <laughs> just call us and we'll tell you a movie to watch. Just send us a text and we'll help you out. Um, my pick for this week is Father, Soldier, Son. Wounded, wounded in Afghanistan, Sergeant First Class Brian Eish reunites with his sons to begin a journey of love, loss, and redemption. Uh, this is a documentary. It's on Netflix. Uh, I served with uh, son first class Ish in Fort Drum. He was in my unit, you know, friends. It initially came out July 17, 2020. It was directed by Leslie Davis and Katrin Enhorn. Um, it's a very emotional movie, a documentary, um, but it's definitely worth checking out. That's actually one we probably should have done this week in honor of Veterans Day, which was this past Friday. All right, let's hop into our main topic. Uh, our first movie we're going to discuss today is Taking Chance. Lance Corporal Chance Phelps, United States Marine Corps, was just 19 years old when he was killed during active duty. Now, as Lance Corporal Phelps is prepared for his final journey back home, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Strobel USMC makes it his personal mission to ensure that his fallen brother is laid to rest with proper respects. Initially released on January 16, 2009, it was directed by Ross Katz. And it was starring Kevin Bacon as Lieutenant Colonel Michael Strobel, Tom Aldridge as Charlie Fitz, Nicholas Reese Art as Nate Strobel, Blanche Vega as Chris Phelps, Tom Bloom as Naval Ch Navy Chaplain, Guy Boyd as Gary Hargrove, James Castanian as Robert Orndorff, Orndorff, sorry, Gordon Clapp as Tom Garrett, Mike Coulter as military. No, Master Gunny Sergeant. <laughs> Master Gunny Sergeant. Gunny Sergeant Henry Coy as Marine Driver and Joel De La Fuente as Ticketing Agent. Don't put acronyms if I don't know what acronyms. I didn't think about that. My bad. <laughs> um, all right, so we all watched this movie. Um, yes, yes. What, what did you guys think overall of this movie? I mean, again, it's not my 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 cup of tea. Um, you know, I, I get the I get the message. I get the point. I I 
I hear it all the way around, but I'm not a I'm not a movie for a message kind of guy. I'm a movie for an escape kind of guy. But I mean, you know, overall it's good. You know, Kevin Bacon did a great job as you would expect him to. He's a wonderful yeah. actor. Um, but oh, I thought it was pretty good. Kyle. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. It's not my typical type of movie. Um, I think it was good. Like, it was kind of short and just got to the point. Get in, get out, what you need to see. And it is, like, an interesting story. Um, like, it's not a typical kind of story. It kind of just is this little, like, such a small thing happening. It's, um, that was cool. And, yeah, Kevin Bacon's great in it. Um, yeah, it is based off of um, a true story or a uh, a book that was written by the real Lieutenant Colonel Stobel about his journey taking home uh, PFC or Lance Corporal Phelps. Um, you know, I, I liked how it, you know, coming from a military background myself, I like to, you know, I like seeing the interactions with the civilians as he travels along the way. You see the interactions at Dover Air Base when they're prepping the body and stuff like that and it's very touching like how each like when he gets the cross from the um the flight attendant and you know then presents it to the family saying like people all across the country are thinking about you in this time you know i definitely like that message you know if this was vietnam or whatever that would not have been the reaction i think that you know, you know, deceased soldier or Marine would have gotten, but, um, you know, what did you guys think about like the different, um, scenarios that he's put in, you know, making sure that the body isn't disrespected in whatever manner. Uh, I do think, the interaction with the guy in the car that was like, oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't join the movie. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I like my hair and I'm in a band or whatever. It was yeah. funny. And, like, I like the little moments of humor um, in yeah. it, too, because that was funny. And also when he's sitting next to the lady on the plane, she's like, oh, my God, I'm sitting next to this hot military guy. And he's like, oh, it's soldier or whatever. But, yeah. Yeah. I It, it was it kept it interesting because it was uh, each interaction was kind of unique. Yeah. Justin. I mean, it was it, it was a realistic take. I mean, that's 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 you know that's that's life. Yeah, you know, you're, you're gonna you know sit and chat with the person next to you. They're they're gonna make assumptions, and sometimes you get lucky enough to peek in and you know make an interesting conversation out of it. Um, when he was talking to the pilot there, the guy uh, who's from um, let's say he was in NYPD Blue. Um, the pilot there who was talking about, you know, knowing the name of everyone, you know, that's, you know, yeah. I, 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 I get that. I, I see that, you know, again, you know, a cool little interaction, you know, between people, but that's, you know, the kind of people that you're going to meet, you're going to meet the, the, the people who see it every day and then you're going to meet the random. Yeah. Just so happened to, you know, randomly be picked to sit next to you. So. Yeah, like the scene when he's sleeping in the hangar overnight and, you know, the guy goes and gets the stuff out of his Jeep, you know, the uh, sleeping bag or whatever the was he had. Like, you know, I've flown in uniform and people will talk to you and 
like listen to your story and you know i'm glad this guy wrote down his story that he encountered with this you know thinking he's going back to his old hometown but get sent to another area and then meeting the people along the way, meeting the veterans of uh, Lance Corporal Phelps's hometown. Uh, very touching. And I do tear up every time uh, I watch the ending. But yeah. Um, so the casting, obviously Kevin Bacon was a perfect choice for this. You know, great actor, excellent actor. And he definitely has that Marine look. You know? What did you guys think about the casting of Kevin Bacon as a... No, I, I said it. He's great, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's someone you can almost put anywhere, and he's going to be great. And, like, he's definitely good at some of the more emotional darker roles um not this isn't necessarily dark but you know there's emotion behind it but i always think of like him in death sentence oh um, yes I love that yeah. movie yeah. even him in um what's, what's the, the marathon bombing patriot games when he plays the fbi agent like he looks like a fbi agent when you think fbi agent you think you know kevin bacon look-alike same thing with a marine you know, you could think of Arlie Emery, or you could think of Kevin Bacon. But uh, Ermy, Ermy. Uh, okay. Uh, do you guys recommend this movie? I mean, if if that's your thing, if if you like, you know, based on true event, military, heartfelt stories, yes. You know, again. Yeah. Not it's not for me, but you know if if that's your thing, it's it's it, it's a good good representation of that. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's there. I think it is a movie you're more likely to watch around Veterans Day or something, like not necessarily just putting on, you know, um, mm-hmm. like same like yeah. You know it, it you know if you want to you know around Veterans Day Memorial Day whatever watch a military movie, but you don't want all the killing and the. You know, the war stuff, you know, this is definitely a good movie to put on. I remember when it came out, they had a uh, free showing on the military base that I I think I was in Germany at the time. And they had a free showing on base that we went to. And you could, you know, it it, it was a movie that was made for the theater, but went to TV because it went, it was, it was an HBO movie. Um. But I definitely recommend it. Kyle, what's your rating? Um, I'll give it a three. Three. I'm with Kyle. You're a three two, Justin? Yeah, again, it's not my thing, but yeah. you know, for what it is, it's it's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I give it a five. You know, this is my thing. I love military movies. I love movies that show all sides of, you know, what the military endures. So, all right, that is Taking Chance. Now, let's go to an opposite side of the military movie. Justin? Much more my style, Full Metal Jacket. 
Stanley Kubrick's take on the Vietnam War follows smart Alec Private Davis, quickly Christian christened Joker by his foul-mouthed drill sergeant and pudgy Private Lawrence, nicknamed Gomer Pyle, as they endure the rigors of basic training. Though Pyle takes a frightening detour, Joker graduates to the Marine Corps and is sent to Vietnam as a journalist, covering and eventually participating in the bloody battle of Way, Way, something, I don't know. Um, it came out June 26, 1987. Uh, like, uh, Justin mentioned, it was directed by Stanley Kubrick, who's one of the greats. Um, it stars Matthew Modine, um, as private slash sergeant J.T. Joker Davis, a wisecracking young Marine. On set, Modine actually kept a diary that in 2005 was adapted into a book and then in 2013 into an interactive app. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio as Private Leonard Gomer Pyle Lawrence. Um, I think he's especially a standout in this movie, um, and he's just a great actor. Um, Arlie Ermey as Gunnery Sergeant Hart- Hartman. Adam Baldwin as Sergeant Animal Mother, a combat-hungry machine gunner who takes pride in killing enemy soldiers. And funny enough, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was first considered for the role, but turned it down in favor of being in Running Man. And then Arlist, <laughs> Arlist Howard as Private slash Sergeant Cowboy Evans, a friend of Joker and a member of the Lust Hog, Lust Hog Squad. Okay. So whenever I watch this movie, I always think it could be broken up into two different movies. Yes. Yeah. You have Very the basic easily. training movie, and then you have the yeah. the war in Vietnam movie. So. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss the basic Definitely training. Definitely on purpose. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss the basic training uh, part of the movie first. What did you I guys mean, think? <laughs> in high school, like I, I got to get right into it. In high school, we had the E-Bombs World soundboards that was made up of nothing but, you know, snippets of sayings from movies. They had Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, they had Samuel L. Jackson. But my favorite was always the Full Metal Jacket one from from that lineup. Bullshit, you can suck a golf ball through a garden hose. I mean, that, that stuff is the best. And that was Ermy on his own because he felt the writers just didn't didn't know what they were talking about and had to do it right. I think that that was still hilarious to this day. Yeah. And there's so many lines. Like, oh, yeah. Every word he says is gold. Yeah. Oh, and like, part of you. You can't write this movie these days, but. No. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it, you know, it's hilarious, but obviously, especially towards the end of this first part, you know, it gets pretty horrifying. And like, especially when they're going through stuff, but like, every time he talks, it like takes you out of it almost. And just because yeah. um, he's so he's so funny. I can tell you this: if I had seen this before I went in the military, I probably would have thought long and hard about <laughs> it because just this part of the movie alone is fucking crazy. Like, yeah. But that's what basic training is. It's to mold you as a soldier, and yeah. you know, R. Lee, he did a fucking hell of a job. I, I believe he was a, a marine. Yeah, yeah I think he so. was hired as a consultant and wound up yeah. taking the part over because 
his stuff was better than what the writers came up with. <laughs> and obviously more realistic because he was actually doing it for a career. You know? Yeah. And like that scene when he finds the donut, the jelly donut. Oh, yeah. Like, they do that shit. Like, you know, if somebody's fucking up, everybody pays for it except for that person. And, you know, when he's sitting there and the fucking look on his face, like, eating the donut. Is, but, like, that kid was fucking amazing. D'Onofrio is yeah. yeah, tremendous. I mean, that guy can just, he can disappear. Even though he's got such a distinct look, mm-hmm. he can disappear. Yeah. He's, 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 he's great. Yeah, I kept, when I was watching it, just imagining him now being, like, Kingpin. Like, you can't, yeah. like, it feels like completely different actors. Um, yeah. And obviously, or, he's or much older. I, but. when he was the bad guy in that, that Jennifer Lopez movie there, The Cell, it's just yeah. Cell or whatever it was, mm-hmm. that, I mean, or Edgar. Yeah. He's wearing an Edgar suit. I mean, he is so, tremendous. A little off top, but have you seen the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer scene with the where they dubbed it over with the Arlie Emery doing the fucking naming the guy Joker yeah. and all that? Fucking, it's shit's hilarious. But okay, so so the the setting, you know, Paris Island. Obviously, really can't do much with that. I can't speak to it, so yeah. I will assume it was accurate. <laughs> yeah. I've never been there. I was army. Um, so the progression as they go along, you you start to see that uh, Gomer Pyle starts getting his shit together. You know, much like a lot of people do during basic. And how do you guys feel about the uh, scene in the bathroom at the end of the basic training? I mean, that's. Also a part of it, you know, some people are battling things they can't before they get there. And then that just, that stress, that pressure, that ridicule, it's going to push you over the edge. Like his, his acting and his face and that is truly like terrifying. Like of people like looking crazy in movies, like he is up there in that scene. Yeah. And, you know, when uh, R. Lee runs in and he's, like, yelling at Joker for letting Lawrence have his weapon and why isn't he taking it from him? And I forgot that he shot the drill instructor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, shit, watching it. I was like, damn, I forgot that happened. But, yeah. you know, and the blood effect, you know, when he shoots his head on on the back of the wall. Um. So, obviously, with casting, they did a hell of a job picking oh, these people. Absolutely. You know. Uh, so, they graduate basic training, and they get sent to Vietnam. So, Joker is now a war correspondent for Stars and Stripes, which is a uh, military newspaper that is overseas. They have all different regions for it. How'd you guys feel about the Vietnam background? Um, I feel like, I mean, the first half of the movie is like definitely better. Like it's just much, it's like something I haven't seen before. Um, 
because a lot of the movies skip all that, or it's like one yeah. scene, and then they go to the kind of second half of the movie, mm-hmm. and so it definitely feels like two different movies. And like the second half is good, but like I feel like I've seen it before, you know. Like I've seen yeah. all the Vietnam movies, it kind of covers a lot of the same stuff. Um, obviously, you have that Kubrickisms. Like I, I particularly oh, like the he's scene. So funny. <laughs> the scene when they're like standing over um, the guy and like they each say something about him and like. Yeah. They kind of have that blank expression. Like, there's a lot of cool little stuff in it, and it almost has, it's almost like vignettes. Um, and that, that ending's good, you know. Um, I think Matthew Modine, Joker, um, he's a cool character. Like, especially how he's the peace symbol, and it says Born to Kill on his helmet. Yes. Um, but I think that, I think almost everybody that watches the movie will be like, oh yeah, but the first half is like, you know, yeah. why you watch the movie. Yeah, you know, like, definitely could have gone with, you know, a two-hour basic training movie, and if anybody was to do it, it should be Kubrick. But um, so so now he's basically a photographer, or uh, writing the article. So when they get to the scene when they encounter the sniper, and you know the guy runs out, gets shot. They're trying to debate whether to go save them. Somebody goes to save them. They get shot. What did you think of, like, the special effects, like, shooting the, um, like, seeing the burst as the bullet hits the the body? I mean, they did it. Obviously, it's it's Kubrick. He did, he did a great job with it. He, he built the suspense. He made you think, you know, where's it coming from? Yeah. You know, when's it going to come? Is it going to come? Was it just bullshit luck? You know, it, it means you put those thoughts in your head. Um, at the same time, too, it's like it doesn't necessarily feel like super realistic. Like it's very cinematic. You know, it slows down when they get shot, the big burst of blood. Um, so like it, it makes it not not like truly how gritty and like brutal war is, but like adds this kind of cinematic thing to it. And I don't know if that's part because. Joker is there, like, covering it and, like, presenting it as a cinematic thing, you know? Yeah. It's getting, like, meta. But, um, yeah. That's kind of how I took it as, like, this is what Joker saw. Yeah. yeah. And how it played in his mind as it was happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have the scene when the, the guys are walking behind, down low with the video camera and just kind of, like, looking at the uh, Marines as they're all sitting down and you know, showing war is hell or whatever. What did you guys now? What did you guys think of the music that was chosen for this movie? Like there were certain scenes that had different songs that might have not have been like the best song for the scene, the but I think the, the word, mu- yeah. You know, like like that example, you know. But I think the music was um, very well chosen because, once again, I think we're seeing it through Joker's point of view. Yeah. And, you know, this is what he may be thinking. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, something I love in movies is when there's, like, a contrast like that where it's the music doesn't really match what's happening. Yeah. Like, it's not the somber piano. Like, it's a, it's a the bird is the word song. Or I think, you know, the ending when they're singing the Mickey Mouse Club song, that's, like, yeah. so creepy. And, like, especially it's after I mean, Joker kills somebody and uh, 
it worked. Yeah. But um, and like, but the music also, you know, it's music of the time. If yeah. that's not your like, you're not playing Fortunate Son. It's, I mean, yeah. It's it's giving them that piece of home that you know the the the, the strong memory. You know that that's that's his happy place. That that yeah. music is, you know, where he'd rather be. So I, I, I get. Yeah. You know, I get that. I mean, you know, when shit starts going down, bird in the word, bird is the word, might start going through my fucking head. (laughs) 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 You know, because that's that's just, you know, the way the world, the mind works. It's unpredictable. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, So... What's your favorite scene in in the movie? Your favorite scene from the boot camp experience, and then your favorite scene from the Vietnam experience. I mean, it's 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 got to be the, the the lineup. Yeah. When he's you know handing out names and and you know just rapping on everybody for where they're from. But I mean, in the second half, <laughs> who are we kidding? I mean, it's 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 it, it, it's not as memorable. But I mean, like you said, that that the scene where they encounter the sniper that that part always stands out to me. And then obviously the you know, oh me so horny, we love you a long time. Yeah, you know, is. That's just iconic because it's so funny. Yeah, when when they're negotiating over the the yeah. the prostitute. <laughs> oh, fifteen dollar? No, five dollar. All of us. <laughs> Fucking like twelve of them. Kyle. Um. I mean, yeah, the lineup scenes. I mean, the bathroom scenes great. Like all, all of the first half. Like I feel like that you'll start watching. You always watch at least the first half. And then um, for the second part, like I said earlier, just I I really like the part when they're just all standing over the body, and all just saying kind of weird stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like when uh, they're mopping the bathroom and like he's just very casually talking about, you know, I want to bone your sister, and, <laughs> and he's like only you. And then um, the scene I liked in Vietnam is when I don't know if it was the sniper scene if attached that. But there's a scene where they get ambushed and they light up the building. And as they're reloading, the guy like looks around the corner and sees a group of them running from building to building. So then he quickly reloads and just fucking lights up the second group that runs by. I, I enjoyed that scene. Also, the uh, when they're in the helicopter and the guys just like shooting at oh, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, I mean, that guy's awful because he's like. He's like, why do you kill women and children? He's like, oh, you just, you know, you lead them less or whatever. Yeah. And he's just hysterically laughing. And he keeps saying, get some. He's like, get some, yeah. get some, get some. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. It definitely. All kinds. The what? It takes all kinds. Yeah. All right. Do you guys recommend this movie? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, um, what did you think about the length of the movie? I mean, I think the second half feels slower because it's supposed to, but, you know, it's like you're watching two different movies, so um, 
it's it's still under two hours, so it's very manageable. And like, because by the time you finish the first half, it's like a new kind of thing going on. Yeah, here's it, the thing: if it <clears throat> if it's been long enough since he's seen it, you forget the second half even exists, yes. and that's what makes it seem long because you get to the end of boot camp and then it goes on to the end of it. Like we, oh, that's right. <laughs> You know, because the first half, it catches you, it, it grips you, it, it keeps your attention the whole time. And then it's just like, oh, that's right, there's more. And yeah. The, the so, second half is good, but it's what makes it feel long. Sorry. It's not as entertaining as the first half. Um, so it runs for an hour and 56 minutes. Um, I, th- I think I'm going to go back and check to see how long the boot camp si- part is. I think it's above 45. I think I checked. It's oh, really? a, it's in the 40s, yeah. So then you still have another hour and 10 minutes plus of the actual Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for it to be painted in such a light at the time when the Vietnam War was not a war that was appreciated, you know, the troops weren't appreciated when they came back, I definitely think this showed what they went through. You know, the the directing was amazing, the acting was amazing. The dialogue. But uh I would also recommend this movie. Uh Kyle, what's your rating of it? I'll give it a uh four. Justin? I'm just gonna have a five. A five. I give it a four. I give the first half a four. The, the war stuff gets a two. All right. So before we close the bar. So it gets a six overall. <laughs> yeah. Asshole. All right. Um, before we close the bar, I wanted to have a little discussion with you guys. I don't know if you looked at the notes. I didn't click anything. I came across an article, and I wanted to get you guys' take on it. So we've been through the Me Too movement. We've been through the cancel cancel culture. (laughs) So now they're going after the 1964 Rudolph Claymation special. Uh, critics of it have been stating that there is some bullying done to Rudolph, some of it from Santa, who said he was a quote-unquote abomination. Uh, Donner is ashamed of his son, and that's why he makes him wear a prosthetic nose, despite protest, uh, protest by Rudolph. Hermie the Elf is proposed to be a psychopath for wanting to be a dentist. Uh, the competitive nature of working for Santa at the North Pole is... Why the other reindeer are so ruthless to Rudolph. Uh, Yukon Cornelius is mentally unwell and actually needed help. And Clarice and Rudolph have a shallow relationship. Uh, Donner is a sexist, won't let his wife help him look for Rudolph. The reindeer coach encourages Rudolph's pairs to bully him. Clarice's dad is a bigot for not wanting her to associate with Rudolph. Hermie is yelled at by his superiors in an abusive way. What? How do you guys feel about this? 
Sounds like the current state of the world. Yes. Um, I feel like this website's gonna steal my information and sell it to a company. You think so? You already did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, what you just described to me is everyday life. Yes, it is. Um, but at the same time, I never really liked the movie anyway, so. Yeah, I, I just, I just, <laughs> like, I understand. Could that be made now? No. no. But all no. those things are also, are also quite specifically spoken about in the song, too, so it's not yes. really all that surprising. Yeah. <clears throat> so now, is this gonna lead to Rudolph not being shown? Is this gonna lead to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer being cancelled? I, I mean, I don't think this is like, you know, like this isn't a big thing. Like most people have no idea that people even care. And like if yeah. people already watch, they, they, it's not even on the radar. And it's, I mean, going back to Full Metal Jacket, it's like, I mean, that movie, there's stuff said in that movie that doesn't fly today, but you're not going to find film people being like, oh, like, you can't watch this movie because like, you know, it's of the time and like, it wouldn't be an yeah. accurate portrayal. This movie was made in the sixties. Like, think about what was going on in the sixties. <laughs> World War II is 15 years ago. Um, <laughs> you're lucky you're letting the female freaking deer speak. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. there's literally, 50s sitcom <clears throat> stereotypes where the husband just comes home and beats the wife. But that, everybody just accepted it. Like, obviously, it's not going to fly today, but to it's, the like, moon. it's history. It's literally just history, you know? Yeah. And that, like, that's my issue with, like, people are going after fucking everything. That song, Baby, It's Cold Outside. They took it off the radio waves because it sounded, quote-unquote, rapey. Oh, it, it definitely sound rapey. It, it is, is rapey. <laughs> But I mean, that's the way people talk back in the time it was made. That that one is a little when they were actively being raped. (laughs) I do not condone rape, but no, you know, but to go after a movie made in the 60s nowadays, you can't change history. And that is the problem that I'm having with a lot of these things where people are trying to change history, taking down statues, going after movies, going <laughs> after songs, going after whatever. You can't rewrite history. Right? You can't, but I'm perfectly okay with them tearing down, you know, Confederate statues, because why should we be, you know, glorifying Losers. They yeah. lost. They were traitors. They were seditious. They. That's their they participation participation trophy. They lost. Yes, okay. they did. But it's just you know it's the same thing. It's like there's there's no Hitler soldiers or statues in Germany. Exactly. Yeah. There's a reason for that. I am a okay if it you know has something to do with you know that kind of a. A, a, a greater thing, a greater topic, you know, to cancel that kind of stuff. But this movie, it, and movies like it, yeah, it doesn't deserve it. Yeah. And so, at, the, at the end of the day, like, you know, 
this isn't gonna be a huge thing where it's like fuck Rudolph. Like, yeah, it's the people that aren't gonna watch it because of these reasons are probably people I don't care to talk to anyways because they're probably just annoying. Um, so hopefully it stays over there, kind of, and um, you know, it, it's it's different with stuff being made today. And I mean, there's also stuff like I always think about Jeepers Creepers just because that guy, yeah, and you know, the creepy guy that made it. Um, there's stuff like that which I think is could be, you know, you can look at it a little differently. It can be harder to watch it, but um, yeah. Well, here's the other way to take it too, is that it could help these future generations watch it and realize, hey, that's why that that previous generation screwed up the world because it was shit when they were growing up. And look at yeah. how old was when they were growing up. Yeah. You know, your husband's talking to your wives like they were just housekeepers. You know, yeah. Know, that's, you know, it, that's, that, that's the kind of thing. Like, the, they should stay so as people can see, like, no, it wasn't great back then. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, it's like in Denim, you have the 50s diner. Yeah. Nothing was great in the 50s. <laughs> No, yeah. it, it was uh, great if you were a man. Except if you were a white man. <laughs> yeah, but if you were a white male in the 50s, things were great. But if you were a 50s woman or, you know, a African-American in the 50s, it was not great. No. If you were anything other than. Yeah. <laughs> and, so. you know, the way they advertised, like, cigarettes in the 50s or... You know, the shit they showed in school. Like, nine out of ten doctors. <laughs> yeah. Nine out of ten doctors smoke Laramie cigarettes, you know. You know, uh, you know the, the way they advertised coffee was like, you know, the woman is getting the coffee. And, yeah, that definitely it has evolved, thankfully. And women have more of a say and a more prominence in society than they did back then. But, like, let me ask you this. Justin. Would you let your kids watch Rudolph based off of? They've seen it. Okay. Hunter's seen it too. Kyle, don't ask me. Don't ask me. We got that. You don't. I don't need to answer that question. Okay. So yeah, I just wanted to discuss that. Get your guys' opinion on that. I think it's fucking acidine. I think people are just looking for shit to fucking bitch about. Dustyoldthing.com. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck you, dusty old dusty things. old thing. <laughs> All right, I won't. I won't fuck that dusty old thing with your dusty old thing. <laughs> Watch, it's gonna be like five of our listeners are gonna be from that website. They're gonna be like, "Fuck these guys." Okay, I'll be watching another sponsor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now from our new sponsor, dustyoldthing.com. <laughs> Kidding. All right. The bar is now closed. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us and stay up to date with the podcast at the Movie Bar Pod on Twitter, at Movie Bar Podcast on Instagram, and at the Movie Bar Podcast on Facebook. And get official Movie Bar shirts at www.bonfire.com slash store slash movie dash bar dash podcast. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and most places you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to check out our website, www.moviebarpod.com. Join our whatnot. Join whatnot using our link at whatnot.com forward slash invite slash the movie bar and get a $15 credit when you sign up. 
Thank you for listening. Please let us know what you want to hear by contacting us on social media or via email at themoviebarredoutlook.com. Please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.